Rockstar takes down Roleplay server. As we mentioned before, there was some drama brewing in the Rockstar Roleplay whole thing. Take-Two's legal team has issued a takedown notice against Little Dirk. This comes after the rapper was distributing NFTs and loot boxes for, for their 5M server. His server is officially dead until they can reach an agreement with Rockstar and Take-Two per his statement. So this is a statement from him. So clearly, you can't do literally anything and have Rockstar Take-Two just lay down and let you do it. There are clearly limits as to what they'll let people do on 5M servers and whatnot. And I think these limits are pretty good ones. The biggest Minecraft cheater was caught by another cheater. So recently, the channel Lowest Percent came out with a video talking about the biggest cheater in speedrunning history. And funnily enough, it's again in Minecraft. What is with Minecraft and having cheaters? So two funny things about this story to me was one, this guy, Minecraft Avenger, he's the dude who outed Dream as a cheater. So he himself was cheating and he outed Dream as a cheater. Although, again, if you accept Carl Jobs' explanation, Dream didn't actually know he was cheating. And his server, whether he was playing one, was just modified. But whatever, either way, his runs were cheated, okay? So that's kind of funny. It kind of uh, goes towards that old adage, it takes one to know one, right? And it was also funny that both these guys speedrun Minecraft, and, uh, and they're twins. And one's a tw cheater, one's not. Like, so he's the evil twin in this scenario. And I find that funny. Again, the biggest cheater in speedrunning history was finally caught. Very good video. Highly recommend. I mean, this channel in general is good. It's like a collaborative effort between like a lot of speedrunning content creators. Will I go back to making speedrunning content like I did before? So as I said before, if you're a YouTube member, a Twitch subscriber or a patron, you can make suggestions for rambles on the Discord. Demo Mute asks, now that you're getting back into speedrunning, I know this might get asked a lot, but do you plan on really grinding it again? Like no reset runs, even if minutes behind PB? And will you do strat finding streams again, perhaps too? I doubt I'll ever do strat finding streams again, unless of course I have a specific idea. Like when I was doing my practice, my learning, I did have some ideas, so I did test some stuff. Cause I like doing that stuff, but I'm not gonna have like dedicated days, no. As for grinding, I'm not sure I'll ever get to the point where I'm doing like multiple runs in a day. And certainly with the long runs, you can't do that anyway. But I do hope to get to the point where I'm doing multiple runs per week, perhaps even finishing multiple runs per week. I've never really ever gotten to that point, but I hope I can more just focus on almost like just caring more about the content than having the fastest time. Because at that point, then I will complete runs because like, well, for the content, got to complete this run. I want to balance out my interest in content and my interest in speedrunning, which I think funnily enough will actually make me a better speedrunner because I'll actually complete the game multiple times. Unfortunately, I've now gotten myself sidetracked with Kea Perico, but hopefully when I get a decent time with that, then I'll go back to GTA 5. I will not wish you all the best ever again. The final outro. So some of you may noticed that I don't have an outro to my videos anymore. I'm actually getting seeking to go back and look at my old videos and correct spelling errors, fix titles, put videos in playlists if they weren't in playlists, and remove the handful of intros that are still left in my very old videos and remove outros. As much as I kind of like the meme of the little dancing doggo used to be little dancing girl, like I like that little tune that I have, it's become like a part of my brand almost. I just don't think the outro is giving me enough value compared to it giving people time to click off the video. So like one eighth of the viewers that go to the end go boop. Probably doesn't seem like much, but I think that will have some negative implications in the algorithm. So in the last week, I got 6 million views, 3 million from shorts that don't matter, 3 million from everything else, and 10k of those were end screens. Is it really worth it having one eighth of my viewership that gets to the end click off 10 seconds early to have 10,000 people click the end screens? But it's not just that. 
while you're here, potentially without annotations on, you're not even seeing the end screen videos, you've got something to look at here. You've got someone else's video, well, one of my videos, but someone else's video, someone else's video, someone else's video. So all I'm doing is giving you time to be like, oh, those are interesting videos that aren't Dark Rapper AU's videos, click. But I could just let this screen come up earlier and you know, you have a better chance of seeing at least some of my videos here. I think I have a better chance in a week to get more views from this screen than I do from end screens. Like the value I'm getting from the outro is so low that it's almost inconceivable to me that removing it won't bring me greater value. I never would have gone to the effort myself to remove it from the old videos anyway, but because the options now exist for me to give a person partial access to my content for them to do it for me, which my mod seeking is kindly doing, why well, I'm paying them of course, but it seems like it's uh, worth it to do. You may never hear me wish you all the best again, except that I do that at the end of my videos in outros sometimes. Like sometimes I'll have an outro to a video and then the outro will play where I also wish people all the best. It doesn't make sense. Try it and see how it goes. The end screen previous views were so low that it's almost inconceivable that I will be able to detect any kind of change enough to know if I'm getting more than 10,000. But 10,000 is just so low by comparison to the other views that I'm getting that I just have to work conceptually and believe and, and do what I think is most likely going to achieve a greater positive result. And I think in this case, removing the outro, we'll do that. All my recent footage was deleted. So I had a huge scare yesterday and I don't even know why it happened. I have a guy who watches my VODs, or at least the ones that I tell him to watch, and I have him pick out rambles to be edited. He doesn't edit them himself, he just like watches the streams at two times speed and goes, okay, there's a ramble here, put in timeline, ramble here, put in timeline, and then someone else will come along and do the actual finer edits and all that jazz. And for the longest time, I had been linking him individual files in my Dropbox, and I was like, I don't need to do this. How about this, I just give you the names of the files and give you one link, and then through that link, you just like search for the file. You just type in the file name and it will come up for you. And he's like, oh yeah, that's, that's fine, sure. And so I give him a link, and then 15 minutes later, all of my files are deleted. You can understand how amazingly pissed I was. And I'm like, how could this even have happened? You can't possibly have the ability to do that. And I look, and it seems like the, the default for a link to a file is an edit link. So he could actually have done it. He of course had no reason to, and we'd been working together for many, many months, but disappeared. And it turns out when a file is deleted on the Dropbox, it deletes it on the PC that it's connected to. So not only were the files deleted on Dropbox, they were all deleted from a hard drive. I actually looked up after the facts how to stop this, and there is no way to stop it. That is just what Dropbox does, and there's nothing you can do about it. And this has never been an issue in all the years I've been using Dropbox, because no one else has ever deleted my files. And so I'm freaking out like, what the fuck did you do? I will kick you into the sun. Eventually got back to me after an hour and said, I, I didn't do anything, man. I, I opened the link and I was like, oh, okay, cool. Then I closed it and went to get a haircut. Fortunately for me is I use NAS. And NAS is a network attached storage server. I got two in the other room and any file that's deleted on one of them isn't deleted permanently, regardless of its size. Like you may know on the actual windows, like if you delete a file that's, you know, 50 gigs, it will say, this is too big to go in the recycle bin and you have to delete it permanently. That doesn't happen here. Any file that's deleted goes into a recycle bin and so I could restore all the files. So I lost nothing, except that I had to spend a couple of hours making sure that all the files were actually there and getting rid of various duplicates because sometimes like it'll create duplicates of files as they're being transferred and stuff. It's very confusing and annoying, but hopefully I've lost no actual footage and the dude argues tooth and nail that he did fucking nothing. But it couldn't be a coincidence that just happened when I gave him the link, the files disappeared. But there is no evidence on Dropbox itself that anything was ever deleted. 
There's no evidence he did anything. It could have just been some freak error or glitch or something. Who knows? But very scary situation. It's just fortunate that I didn't give him access to all of my files. It would have taken me literally weeks to re-upload them. I just gave him access to my recent projects. So had I lost these files, I would have lost all my footage for the last month. So fortunately, that didn't happen. The domination of unoriginality in content creation. So I get sent statements like this from creators because of my opposition to React content and my claims that creativity is somewhat dead. Because creating original things is not the best means to grow or to be financially successful in the social media space. Something I learned about content creation, you can never have something unique because if it's liked, it's instantly replicated and being annoyed about it is a bad thing because no one else truly understands you, making you look like a hater. This is my view of content creation. Yeah, so your only option is to shut the fuck up and get your mental health gaslighted into oblivion by parts of the community you gave your all to entertain. The context for those tweets though are VR chat content creators. So they make avatars for their videos and then other people just rip those avatars and make their own videos using them. So those people ripping those avatars can just spend all their time making videos while the people who make the avatars have to spend their time making the avatars, which doesn't grow them and which leaves them less time to make videos. Basically, if you spend a month making something that can be replicated in 20 minutes, the person who replicates it in 20 minutes is probably going to be better off, especially if they already have an audience. You're there with your month of work trying to get to where they are, and they are already in that position with that exact same thing that you spend a month making, but they have it in 20 minutes. Your battle is effectively impossible. It's why the things you want most and the things that can best help you get successful in social media is by yourself being something that is unique and can't be replicated. Your personality, but obviously there are so many different personalities out there. Having something about you that stands out is kind of difficult, right? But like if you are like a person with a particular set of skills that no one can replicate, you have a master's in linguistics and stuff, or you're a skydiver flown the highest and, and jumped out or whatever. Um, these things, the average person can't just replicate in 20 minutes. It's more like digital things that are easy to replicate. It's just tough for small creators to get out there. Did I use secret strats to get world records? When you had world record, did you have personal strats that only you knew or apply? Of course not. The idea of people keeping strats from other runners is just abhorrent because the vast majority of what you're using is stuff discovered by other people. If everyone just kept strats to themselves, the run would be a lot more boring, right? A lot less would be found. You, you build upon the knowledge that an experience of other people to get better. It does suck though that uh, people who find stuff often don't get the credit they deserve as usually the people who do the runs and get the best times that uh, get that kind of attention. But it's just, as I say, there's always downsides and upsides to everything. And having more interesting, exciting runs and a collaborative effort is good. Although in some cases, I don't blame people like if they discover something and they want to do it in a run first, that kind of makes sense. But holding a strap back until they get world records is kind of gross. Like for example, in 007 individual level speed running, Carl has talked about how there was cases where people would develop a new strategy for an individual level, get world record, but not tell anyone so that they can get a lot of world records and then release them all at once. And it's just like, you've been holding back strategies that other people could have been using to improve their own times. And so that effectively other people are wasting their time using suboptimal strategies and you know that and you just don't care. It's dumb. Do I get more revenue from YouTube streaming or Twitch streaming? How's YouTube working as opposed to Twitch? It's the same thing. Might be less money though, it's hard to say. 
Well, actually, whether or not it ends up being less money will ultimately depend on how many people keep their Twitch subscriptions. Because I'm like way less memberships on YouTube. Like there's so many conveniences doing this on YouTube as opposed to Twitch. But um, people are just much less likely to buy memberships. It's hard to say. No, it's more of a matter of like different pros and cons. So definitely more viewers on YouTube, but not such a ridiculous amount. That's the difference in the amount that people on YouTube give me money. <laughs> is mitigated, you know? If all I cared about was the money, I might still have just stayed on Twitch, but that's not the main thing here. No emotes, hard to mod, no custom colors, no replies, no filters, Twitch names are more unique, third party support is a lot less, and there's no internal chat logs. There's another one, it's also annoying. The ability to go back in the player is the main thing that's good on YouTube. In terms of income, YouTube is most definitely better. Probably not. Honestly, people are used to spending money on Twitch compared to YouTube and on Twitch you've got Twitch Prime So more people are going to be subbed to inspire other people to sub as well And you can gift subs specifically to individual people the sources of revenue on Twitch are a lot better more ingrains in the culture Even though there's more viewers on YouTube. There's more people with money on Twitch Oh, another bad point for YouTube streaming. Some people don't realize they're like 10 minutes behind, so you'll put out seemingly random comments. The delay is longer, but you're right. Being able to wind yourself back is a double-edged sword because there are people watching right now who are watching 10 minutes ago. In Twitch, you know, everyone is at the exact same point, but on YouTube, you don't know that. Can people with nothing become successful? Do I think it's possible for people with nothing to become successful? Of course. There is always going to be some hypothetical path that a person could take to go from effectively anywhere to anywhere else. It's just a matter of likelihood. A person with absolutely nothing could dial a number on their phone at random and happen to connect through with some person uh, and you could say a particular set of words and pitch something and the person would be like, oh yeah, I'll invest in that, sure. And your life will be changed. But the odds of that happening is astronomical. There's a reason why most obscenely wealthy people started out in families that were to some degree rich because in those environments, the variables that are necessary to create even grander wealth are more likely to exist. How to deal with procrastination. It is a terrible procrastination. What do you gain from your procrastination? You won't even remember what the fuck you were doing at that point. It gives you no satisfaction, no long-term joy, and which make you feel worse in the long term. So why are you doing it? Why are you specifically doing something that's going to make you worse off and sadder in the future? Don't be dumb.